Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Michelle Rockwood. Michelle is a personal coach and widely recognized sales expert. She's helped hundreds of heart-centered people discover sales methods that feel fantastic, transforming their businesses and their lives. She sold real estate in one of the world's wealthiest communities, slept on a dirt floor in West Africa, and once raised a million dollars for charity over a single lunch. Michelle wrote Joyful Selling to share her knowledge and empower others. Thanks so much for joining me today, Michelle. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to have you here. Sales is one of my favorite subjects. So This I know. I'm very excited (laughs) to dive into all things sales with someone who loves it as much as I do. It's always so great to meet someone else who, you know, has a a weird love affair with this whole idea of selling. But (laughs) um, so I, I am curious, what is feminine sales? I love this question. And I wonder if I can start with a story around this. Sure. Years ago, I had an amazing coach that changed my life. And after one of our many coaching sessions, she paused and she looked up at me, Diane, and she said, Michelle, you have a really masculine sales energy. Whoa. Yeah. And from the tips of my toes to the top of my head, I got warm all over my body. And I was weirdly offended and a little concerned. And then I paused and I said, tell me more. (laughs) All right. My perfect coaching question. And she said to me, you have a real masculine energy in that you chase the client. You are taking calls at any time that works for the client, but not you. You're following up like crazy. You're discounting all of these things. And I thought, wow, you're so right. And instead, I started to lean into and think about how do I want to feel on a sales call? How do I want to show up and how do I want the other person to feel? And I started to tap into this feminine way of sales you know, and where I'm taking calls at a time that feels really aligned to me. I'm connecting with the client in a really intimate, life-changing way. And I'm really working to receive. I'm not working with everyone. All of these qualities that are stereotypically soft and feminine and gentle. And the good news is these work for all genders, no matter how you identify. And so that was a real wake-up call to me to really tap into who I am and how I want to show up on the sales call. 
So you say that um, this is really for anyone, regardless of how they identify. Um, I find it interesting, though, that uh, there seems to be a male process, a, a male method of selling. And, and therefore, it feels like therefore, there is what we're calling a feminine sales, uh, but it would be great if men were doing it too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's funny, and this might make you smile, as soon as I started putting in my marketing and other efforts, right, a feminine way to sales or a feminine approach to marketing, guess who reached out to me the most? Men. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they defended themselves. They said, what are you talking about? They said, "Is am I you know, tapping into my feminine energy? No one wants to chase. No one wants to beg somebody to work with them. No one wants to discount. No one wants to take sales calls at all hours of the day. It feels really unempowering. But yeah, we have been taught sales from um, a man we have, you know, throughout the years. And then the other thing I want to say is, Diane, that these methods work, right? right? They work. <laughs> and when you have a behemoth sales team or a giant marketing budget, you can chase the client, twist their arm, convince them, host calls at any time. You can do that. But the thing is, it doesn't feel good. Right. And so for the healers and the feelers of the world, and for just genuinely people who really care about how they make money as much as how much they make, it's never going to feel aligned and they're never going to reach their peak if they don't tap into a way of selling that's really 100% in alignment with them. I think back on this last month, April, and the calls that I took, and one gentleman was hearing impaired, and another one was... Uh, on the brink of divorce. And you could tell he hadn't told many people, but he shared that with me. And these intimate conversations that I have with people is because of that ability to tap into this feminine way of being and to hold that space, just like coaches or incredible service providers do for somebody to help them really feel safe and heard and valued. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, what amazes me and, and has amazed me for way too long is people keep engaging in these behaviors that don't work. And yet they don't stop and say to themselves, okay, hang on a second. This, this isn't bringing me joy. This isn't working. This feels like a battle. What am I doing? And then being open to changing to a different dynamic where they are more curious about the person they're talking to and about what their needs are and, and putting it on that level of um, curiosity and caring. I love that. And I know you use that a lot in your, your teachings, really being curious. Yeah in the sales conversation. And when you're curious, you're also okay with the no. And when you come into the sales conversation with that curiosity that you describe, you are, you've released the outcome. 
Yes. It's a yes or a no. And your goal is to help the client come to a choice on that call. Yep. And that's in service. And that feels good every single time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is exactly right. That That is right. And, and that chasing thing is about chasing revenue, not profit, not good, solid business that's good for both parties. Yes. Yeah. When you continue to tap into that feminine energy, tap into the way you want to feel on the sales call, how you want someone else to feel, suddenly yeah. you can't wait for the next sales call. Yeah. Ziggler, <laughs> right? He says sales is a transfer of energy. That's all it is. Yeah. And how you feel about what you're selling, the other person on the line, that's what's going to come through. That's what they're going to hear. They're going to walk away. How did that person make me feel? That's what they remember. Absolutely. Okay. So then along these lines, talk to me about selling with integrity. What what does that look like when it's in action? What is it and what does it look like? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this taps into that feminine sales energy. But when you sell with integrity, you don't work with everyone. I'm not going to invite somebody to work with me, and I suspect you don't either, Diane, who I know won't get results, who won't show up, who isn't really caring about the other person on the other line with me. That's somebody who's really not aligned if they don't care as much about the other person as they do about themselves and their success. If they're just looking to burn and you know churn clients, if they're not interested on delivering on their promises, right? So when you're selling with integrity, you really care that you can deliver upon the promises that, that you're sharing with your clients. Right. Selling with integrity is never tricking someone into buying, right? Never, oh, you got to do this or else, right? Those fear tactics. When somebody has an extrinsic motivation to purchase, such as fear, of failure. A little fear is okay, but when you really use scare tax- tactics, they're extrinsically motivated and not intrinsically motivated, and they're not going to find as much success in the program and working with you. Right. Yeah. And you know what, one, and I'd really be curious as to what you think about this. I think integrity in sales comes really around the pricing as well. I don't love, and I'd love the audience's opinion on this too, <laughs> When people switch up how they, the price of their program, depending on the person. Ooh. It really does. It feels icky to me. It's icky. And I'll expand on it. I I think it's not just um, depending on the person, but for a lot of people, it's depending on the time of month. So suddenly the price changes at the end of the month when I'm looking at my quota. And am I mm-hmm. near it or not? Like that, you know, car yep. salespeople do this all the time because it's about volume. Mm-hmm. They may not make any money on the car, but they're going to make it on the kickback. So yes. Yes. suddenly, you know, it, it's, it's okay. What is the car? What is the value of the car? Just tell me the value of the car. And if I want it, I'll buy it. And if I don't, I won't. But this game, the shell game, thinking that we're all so stupid that we don't realize what they're doing. What they don't realize is, a lot of people wait till the end of the month to buy mm. because then they're going to get the right price. 
Yes, absolutely. It feels unethical to me. It feels icky. If I ever find out that a coach charged somebody else less for the same thing as me, it almost breaks that trust forever. Yeah. I also think it can be biased as well, um, intentional or not. Yeah. You can really get a bias in there. Um, you know, and and this you can do on accident. So you might have an upsell and an offer, and you say it's a one-time offer, but then you offer it to them later on in your email sequence, right? You just have to be careful, even oh. um, because you're you're eroding trust there with the client. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I mean, you have to figure out. You know, this is the investment. This is the value. That this is what it is, and that's what it is. It's not person specific. It's value specific. It's, you know, what are you giving? What are they getting? The rest of it doesn't matter. And they, and it either works for them or it doesn't. And that's okay. Either one is an answer. Absolutely. And I, I have a lot of clients that want to discount their services because they want to serve and help the world. Yeah. (laughs) And right. And I love it. And it's wonderful. So have a free coaching Saturdays, right? Or have a free services or a specific program to help people in the population or the age range or whatever it is that you want to serve separate from discounting your services. So you don't fall into unethical practices. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea. I mean, and it makes me think about, I mean, I think there's so many dynamics going on in there. I think a lot of people struggle with charging for something that they're so passionate about, uh, but it's how they make their living. Um, And like, I know for me, I do a lot of pro bono, uh, like workshops for organizations that serve the same target market that I do. Uh, but I'll do the workshops because that that is a, it's a give back. It's an opportunity to help people who might not be able to afford me, right? Yeah. So it, it feels to me like that. That's like what you're talking about. Find a way mm-hmm. to still serve them without compromising your business. Absolutely. And I get the idea of it feeling really weird to charge for something that comes easy and natural to you. Yeah, That's a really, really normal feeling. But when you get the understanding, when, when someone gets the results, then you realize the value. Yeah. You go, oh, well, hot damn, that was worth several grand. Yeah. Like <laughs> they just, you know, got a crazy good raise or, or whatever happened. Yeah. I I don't can you remember back to those first programs? I love to ask people like, you know, those first programs they sold cuz I thought the police were going to come for me. <laughs> I thought no way is this legal for me to sell what comes out of my mouth so naturally <laughs> for thousands. It was just an incredible feeling, but then I saw the results of our work together and go, "Oh, they got a raise." or left a spouse, or married a spouse, or, you know, crazy things happened. And it was well worth the investment of money and time. Yeah, exactly right. That That is exactly right. And, you know, I have um, two questions. When, when I am teaching salespeople, I have two questions that I suggest that they ask the prospect 
yeah. that go together. And the first one is, um, what will this do for you when you make this decision, whether it's with me or someone else? What, what it. will it do for you or your business, you know, depending on what it is? And and it gives them an opportunity to really be in that space to really think about, okay, this is why I'm even having this conversation. Then the second question is, what will the impact be if you don't? Because if there isn't a big enough impact, if they don't, it really isn't something that they need. It isn't something that it wouldn't matter what the the price was, they're not going to want to spend the money. So helping them come to that, is this really something that's going to have an impact? Is this really something that's going to make a difference? If you make the investment, will you get something out of it? But it also helps them realize, you know, if there's a a big negative impact to them not doing it, they feel that too. And that's really important to point out in a loving way. Uh And that's part of the sales conversation. So those are perfect questions. What will this do for you? How will your life change if you step into X, Y, and Z? And if you, if this never changes and it stays as it is, what does that look like? And are you okay with that? Because sometimes people right. really are. They yes. are okay with the status quo. They kind of like it. Right. And that's okay. It's not a judgment. Yeah. Right? I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, I've, I've had people um, pitch me their program and they didn't ask me those questions, but but when I said, uh, you know, th- this just isn't right for me, I'm not going to do it. They were like scolding me. And I thought, okay, well, that's not a very good sales tactic, number one. It's not a very good coaching practice, number two. And how dare you? It, it, it's, it's not your business, whether it's right for me or not. I'm being totally upfront and honest and telling you. Thanks anyway. So I'm giving you an answer and it, it's not endearing you to me. And I'm certainly, I certainly wouldn't recommend you to anyone else. It's so important that we limit those kinds of conversations, isn't it, Diane? Because yeah. they build in yeah. our mind and we think that that is sales and that is how other people are experiencing your sales conversation. But you should feel amazing after every single yeah. sales call, whether you join or not. Yeah. You should feel empowered, lit up, really yeah. just, you should go, you know, dancing down the street. You should feel so seen and heard. Yeah. If anybody makes you feel differently, that is 100% on them. And that is not sales. It's something else. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. 
And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Now, so, you know, I totally agree with you. I also believe that these are some of the reasons why people hate the whole idea of selling. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure there's people listening who hate the whole idea of selling. So my question for you is, can they really ever be good at it? If. They possess one incredibly important quality, which they is? care deeply. Ah. If you care deeply about the planet, other people, the world, you know, if you truly care and you're somebody who cares deeply, and that's probably why you hate sales, then yes, yes. <laughs> the rest can be taught. It can absolutely be taught. Just like you learn a coaching conversation or anything else, learn if you're a marketer, you learn how to do the marketing process or Facebook ads, you went and you learned. And there's a very succinct steps that need to be taken to help somebody come to a decision of a yes or a no. And that is simple and it can be taught, but you do need to step in and learn how from someone like Diane or myself, who you align with, who make you feel amazing and help you tap into who you already are and help you shine and just, you know, shine a bright light on those beautiful spots in that sales conversation. So the answer is a hundred percent. Yes. If you're willing to learn, to be vulnerable, to mess up, to get a no, because Mm -hmm. you care so deeply and you know, the transformation that your work can provide for clients. Okay. Now, thank you for that. I, I completely agree. Now, I, <laughs> I have a question that I, I, I know the answer to, but I okay. want you to answer this question because I think the listeners really need to hear it. And I think it'll help a lot of these people who are sales resistant. What should uh, your ultimate goal of a sales call be? A choice. Ah, yes. Cool. Or no. Is this the next best steps? Goes to your two questions. Yeah. Is this the next best step for me to get help up on this topic, on this problem? So you've worked to uncover the problem first, what the true problem, not what they came with. They might want weight loss, but in fact, they really just want to be able to connect with their grandchildren. So you've uncovered the true problem and actual desire. And then do they actually want to get help around this? Just like you said, is it important enough to them 
to get help around them? Yes or no? Besides not having anything to do with you, yes or no? Great. Now that we've decided, you've decided to get help around this, here's how I help clients. And I typically work with clients. And I'm even open to sharing with them other ways of how other people work with them. And so I've released the outcome. Typically, right, if we've gotten this far in the conversation, my working with me is really an aligned fit because I typically, I offer the, what, what my coworkers and I have coined the gentle release when we release somebody from a call when it's not an aligned fit. And that feels amazing. Oh, just do it once. It feels so good. <laughs> but absolutely. Your job is to help a client in one short, I always say 45 minute call, come to a decision, yes or no, as to their next best step. Yeah, boy, I love that. And I was right that I think that's pretty liberating for people who don't like the idea of selling because we've been taught that the goal of any interaction is a sale. And that's not true. I love that it's, you know, so that they can make a choice. And whatever that choice is, that's what's right for them. Or we may make a choice and decide they're not right for us. Yes, yes. And that's actually, I mean, comes first, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're deciding and you're sussing them out in the sales conversation just as much as they're checking you out. Are we even an aligned fit? Right. And then the choice to move forward, that yes or no, is the next step. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I, I'm loving this conversation because we're <laughs> Me too, so you're aligned. So yeah, I know on the subject. Uh, what's like one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with? Hmm. Mm-hmm. How about Just one? How about three? Really? Simple. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here is what I want everyone to do. If you don't follow any of the, you know, words of wisdom Diana shared here today, what I want you to do is before your next sales call, I want you to do 100 jumping jacks. Pull that Zoom call up, put it on mute, turn off your video and just do 100 jumping jacks. Get the blood pumping. Take a deep breath, sit down and then ask yourself this question. How do I want to feel when I say hello on the sales call? How do I want the other person to feel during our time together? And then ask yourself, why me? Why am I the best person right now in this moment to help this person? A second thing I want you to do is to open up your enrollment or your sign-up form. This is something really silly and superstitious, but whenever I work with teams, I always have them do it. And I always do it too. I have it ready to go. I'm assuming that the client is going to work with me and I'm visualizing how that next step and them taking those steps with me. And then I want you just to sit down and settle in and enjoy the time on the call with the person, the human being in front of you. And listen thoughtfully and deeply as you help that client come to a choice, yes or no. Wow. Love it. Thank you for that. And really, Michelle, thank you for this entire conversation. It's so important for uh, people. I I don't care what you sell. 
these concepts are critically important. And so I really am grateful for you spending this time with us. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you and how they can find your book? Yeah, absolutely. The best way to connect with me really quickly is via my podcast, Joyful Selling. If you just search for Joyful Selling or my name, Michelle Rockwood, that will pop up. And then of course, head over to Amazon in whatever country you're in and you will find my new best-selling book, Joyful Selling, A Better Way to Yes for Heart-Centered Coaches. And it's for any service provider, whether you are a marketing professional or you're providing any service to a client, you will find so many gems in this book and it will help you start to rethink how you show up to sales calls. Nice. Well, I highly recommend it. And um, them checking out your podcast as well. Make sure it's in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.